Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, my name's Anita Powell and I am the host for a new podcast called Black Menopause and Beyond. I'm a community worker and I'm passionate about women and young people's issues and projects. Plus, I'm also an award-winning community radio presenter and the founder of a community radio station. In 2018 and 2019, I noticed that I was going through a change in my body and my mind. Plus, I noticed that that my peers, their conversations were changing. Before it was all about looking for a new relationship, settling down, starting a family, but now children were growing up, relationships were established or relationships had ended and people were restarting new relationships. Plus the conversation around health was also changing in response to midlife and also entering perimenopause. In my 40s, I also, for the first time, discovered the word perimenopause. Prior to, um, we'll say about three or four years ago, never heard of the word, never ever. And when I did discover what perimenopause was, and I could tell that it related to the journey I was about to enter or was entering, and the journey that some of my peers had entered into, I wondered why I'd only learnt about the word perimenopause in my 40s. Within my podcast, I aim to look at the conversation of menopause through my eyes, my narrative. I'm a woman of colour, I'm late 40s and I'm going through perimenopause stage. Plus I'm a fuller figure woman. I also aim to look at midlife because midlife and peri and menopause are very strongly connected so i want to explore that side of my life too and also look at the lives of other women so thank you for listening and please please enjoy my podcast because hopefully it will not only be informative and be interesting i'll try my best to add a few laughs when i can and when appropriate hello in today's show we're going to cover the topic of libido so it's titled fat 40 and cannot be bothered to get naughty within this show today i'm talking about libido in relation to how i'm feeling and how Um, when I talk to other people and some research I've done around sex drive sex and your libido. Now I'm in my 40s, Um, I've just got no interest and no desire and I talk to quite a few women and they're quite similar, their their drive in that area has gone, some some of the women are single, some of the women, women are in relationships but I've noticed that all around that area of our lives has less influence 
as part of our day-to-day life. It could be the fact that we're tired from work or there could be relationship issues or there might not be a relationship so therefore it's not seen as an issue but we talk about it less. From what I can tell from some people I talk to they participate in activity less. So there's clearly something going on within my with, with my peers and also with myself. So very often we associate a low libido or no drive at all when we talk about sex drive and menopause. So in today's show what I'm going to do is just explore some factual information. I've done some research looking at reliable sources um, and also just add a few extra categories to the mix to explore. So first of all I found out what causes low libido. So so far um, I've discovered that testosterone and estrogen levels are very key in having a reasonable level of desire. So that's the biological side of that desire. There's also another side as well and that's the psychological side and that can have an effect on your 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 want your want of a, the physical relationship. But if you're either in a relationship that's not working for you or there's trust issues, communication problems, conflicts or just a lack of connection, then even though your testosterone, your estrogen levels could be reasonable in levels, your emotional side cannot connect with your partner and therefore that has an impact on your desire. Now testosterone and estrogen are two areas that actually deplete as part of menopause. It's something I I actually did not know, to be honest with you, I did not know the importance of testosterone for women with regards to sex drive. We know that men have an abundance of it and we often associate testosterone with well, we associate it as being the male hormone. So therefore, I don't know about you, but for me, discovering that is actually a key part of our um, sexual desires on a biological level was quite, quite a surprise for me. I've also discovered through friends that for them, sometimes HRT does not work. And luckily for them, and I say luckily because it's really hard apparently to get it on the National Health Service, that they've been prescribed testosterone and testosterone is helping them get through the menopause from what i've heard from um i went to a talk a zoom talk last week and the speaker was a gp who's also a doctor for the newson clinic and she said it's very hard to get testosterone on the national health service it's and also some gps do not have not had menopause training and therefore do not know that testosterone for some women is more suitable than hrt so that's something that i've learned and i've passed on from onto you and that's something i've learned from a doctor who's part of an established menopause clinic which is the newson clinic so it's something that if HRT hasn't worked for you and you want to explore other avenues it could be testosterone might work for you I don't know and um, if so you might struggle to get it on the National Health Service but also what I want to talk about as well is I've I've done some research on why do people lose their libido so I've discovered that libido sometimes happens in response to medication that you're on so um, and very often well, not very often. Sometimes the medication could be something um, like, for instance, antidepressants. So the antidepressant 
some antidepressants have some kind of core chemicals in them that can suppress certain things. What I suppose the name implies that. And sometimes that can have a knock-on effect on your libido. Also, medication or illnesses such as arthritis, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, and, and there's loads more, and heart, heart, um, heart problems, etc. These can have a knock-on effect to your drive as well as some of the medication that you take in relation to them. So a loss of libido is actually not just about what happens in your boudoir or your bedroom or wherever you participate in the activity. It's actually a sign that there's a health issue. I mean, based on my research, it's something that we need to take seriously. Now, some people fix their libido by going to a doctor and the doctor does an assessment with regards to their health or medication and they might just need to alter something here or there some people may explore the mental health side and the mental health side could be medication talk therapy it could be improving the quality of the relationship that they're in and i found that there are some foods and supplements out there that they say can help the libido or there are foods out there that are high uh, testosterone type foods that can help increase your libido i'm not a medical professional i'm not a nutritionist so i can't i'm not going to list all the ones i found because i don't know the effectiveness i don't know there's knock-on side side effects if you have them with other medication because sometimes alternative medicine does not work with um, doctor medication and sometimes there's conflicts so I would recommend that if somebody's interested in exploring testosterone or exploring foods and supplements to increase their libido is that they go to a professional and the professional will be able to do an assessment based on their current health their current medication and their particulars in relation to what they're going through at this moment in time now one of the things I want to also explore with regards to libido is that very often libido or low or no libido with menopausal women is discussed in and there's a presumption that the person is in a relationship which is understandable you don't often hear libido being a problem of someone who has no partner because it's very often the lack of libido can have a negative impact on a relationship Um, and if you're not in a relationship there's a, I sometimes sense there's a presumption there isn't an issue with it. But based on my research and based on talking to people, actually low libido is a health issue. And it's a health sign that there's something is wrong. So it's something that you need to explore even if you're single. And I thought, wow, there's, there must be loads of people like me who just don't explore it. You don't feel the need to explore it um, because there is no partner. Um, so you just don't explore it, do you? because you think it's irrelevant to your life because it's not an activity that you participate in. So yeah, so that's that's one thing I, I kind of thought that actually single people need to take it more seriously and we need to explore that topic area um, as part of our optimum health and also as part of making our health our own default. So we need to understand although libido is, is an indicator that there's a health issue and concern and we need to address it. Now when I 
and was talking about testosterone earlier. I know one particular person who just did not get on with HRT. She did not get on with it. And this is the first person really I've discussed in detail testosterone. And she explained that going on to testosterone was having uh, definitely more of a positive effect on her. She was still struggling and she, you know, her optimum health is still not quite there. But she definitely hasn't reacted negatively in the same way as she had done with HRT. Now, I've said, as I, or as I said earlier, there's something that you need to discuss with a health professional. HRT is not for everyone, and HRT is quite complicated. I do know that HRT, there's different types. One, and also one of the things I, I was slightly um, not happy about with regards to testosterone is that it's apparently really hard to get on the National Health Service. Um, a particular friend who's getting she luckily is getting it on the National Health Service she's had to fight for it and the only reason why she's getting it is because she is informed about menopause and she has educated her GP that maybe that was the better option and the GP has then pushed for it because she pushed for it and when I when I was in this talk and a doctor from the Newson clinic also said it's very hard on the National Health Service to get it um, prescribed partly because GPs are not trained in cause so therefore there are many GPs who don't really understand how testosterone replacement works in relation to the menopause and who it would work for and who it wouldn't um but also they just don't prescribe it. It's normally just HRT. And I've heard about HRT for years and years and years. Whereas testosterone is something I've only really heard about um, on social media in the, uh, in the past ooh, four or five months, really, to be honest with you. So that it's, it's a new way of dealing with the menopause to me. I'm not a menopause expert, so I presume there are loads of menopause experts who have heard about testosterone way before uh, me but I'm not one. So one of my frustrations is that yet again, yet again, the National Health Service has failed women. And what's happened is that the private health service that's available to people who can afford it, women who can afford to use these services are benefiting from it, whereas women who can't afford are suffering and their healthcare is suffering. And I, I mentioned it in my podcast before about some people, you know, they have more money to spend and because they have more money to spend, they're able to get better menopause health care. And I think that's quite disgusting, really, because it then turns out oh, oh, the quality of health care you receive in the menopause is, is, is basically for people who have money and people who don't and they're struggling. They get nothing. So I think that that's really unfair. And I think that this has been caused by misogyny within the medical field i really do and what's happened now is that the private sector private services are zooming in to support women who were suffering with the menopause because now we it's discussed more and women want it resolved and dealt with and the national health service and the government are just sitting there watching they're not trying to intervene and offer services on ground level so therefore that would reduce the private sector dominating the menopause sector because at the moment menopause is a business it's a business and the business is full of people who are overcharging vulnerable women and that that i find really 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 frustrating so now i'm going to just mix it up a bit 
and explore something else. Now, libido, sex drive, and dating. So, <laughs> I've got a friend of mine, and she hasn't really got that much of a drive at the moment. We've chit-chatted, but she's out there mingling, trying to meet someone. I just find that the whole thing quite baffling, really. I understand why she's doing it because she wants companionship. She wants, um, she's you know, she's got the empty nest syndrome. So her children, I mean, she's a grandmother now. Her long-term relationship hasn't worked out. Her children now have children, but she wants that one-on-one companionship because she very often travels by herself and things like that. Her libido's not there. She's told me, but she just, I suppose, feels lonely. So my question really to myself is how do you go down this route of dating when you have no libido, no drive? How do you do it? I mean, I know people do do it and I suspect that people do it by faking it till you make it, if you know what I mean. Uh, So you, you dress up nice, you look all sexy and whatever, but you really on that interest in that side of a relationship and um, I suppose you fake it until you find a relationship and whatever you do after the relationship's established is well <laughs> I can imagine you just go back to how you normally feel or you just fake it once a week or whenever but I just thought Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Or should you kind of be a bit more honest about your intentions if you're dating, but you have no drive in that sense? Should you you just be honest and say you want to meet a companion, um, someone to spend time with, uh, someone to pamper or someone to pamper you, but you don't really have an interest in that particular side of the relationship? Should you be honest and say that? Because I'm sure there are some men out there who don't mind, even though they say they mind. I think from from what I understand, once you hit a certain age, then their drive is also depleted as well. So it's something that actually maybe if you're honest with your potential partner, it could be, it works out. Okay, maybe, maybe not. So that'd be quite interesting. If you have a story to tell, please, 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 please drop me an email. And that's BLK Menno Beyond. And that's one word at yahoo.com drop me an email 
and I would love to talk to you. How do you date if you have no libido? I mean, I thought of a really terrible joke, really. I thought it was funny at the time. Um, if you put um, a post up saying you're looking for someone to light your fire, but they don't need to um, provide any wood. That's a bit crude, isn't it? But I thought that was quite funny in my head when I said that. Didn't sound funny, very funny just now, but that's just um, that's just me being silly. Also, one of the things that I've ex- which are in my head, and I'm a bit slightly confused, if I'll be honest with you, and that is cougars. Now, a cougar is normally a heterosexual woman aged between about 35 to 55, and she pursues relationships with men who are a lot younger than her and we know that's not traditionally the normal way things work it's normally older men pursue younger women so cougars are quite unique and it's something called cougarism and they you know they're seeking a toy boy type thing now if you're black apparently it's called pantherism or a panther it's it's seen as being predatory women seeking younger men and i just thought how does that work because within the ages of 35 to 55, well, definitely in the ages of 40 to 50, apparently your libido is reduced. So why are all these women out looking for some hot stuff that's younger than them? Now, <laughs> I thought about this for some time, actually, because I had a friend. And this friend was actually the person, she explained to me what perimenopause was. So I, I was at a barbecue and... She turned up, it was just a group of friends, about five of us, and we'd all known each other for 10 plus years. And she turned up, all angry, saying, oh, just been to the doctor, doctor's told me I'm perimenopause. And she said, she explained it to us all, the group, and I'll be truly honest with you, I didn't know what it was. And it was quite interesting because that was the beginning of so many different stages with her so i'd known her for many 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 years and then once the doctor told her that she went for a psychological change she ended her 20 something plus year relationship she decided to pursue new partners um and she wanted someone who was younger than her so she decided to enter the world of cougarism she literally got rid of all her clothes and replaced everything with tight clothes or, or mini skirts. She was she was a size twelve. She she joined Weight Watchers because she wanted to be a size eight. Well, what else did she do? She just, just she just changed, totally changed as a person. And watching her go through this transformation, all of us were just like because she was slightly older than all of us. So her to go through this transfer transformation, and I'm I'm a people watcher. In the end, unfortunately, her transformation ended the relationships with her friends because her, she changed so much and she became highly competitive with every single friend who was at that barbecue. Just highly competitive. If you went out, if we went out together, if a man spoke to any other woman other than herself, she became jealous of them. It was highly interesting to watch the psychological change of someone you'd known for over 10 years. And it started with when the doctor told her she was perimenopause. And that has given me gave me an insight into a world that I did not know at the time. And also since then, I've come across different women and I've kind of considered them to be cougars or panthers. And um, I haven't told them, of course, oh, you're a panther or a cougar, because it's not something you go up to people and say. And also, unfortunately, people don't advertise that they're a panther or 
a cougar. It's not one of their pronouns. It's not something they put as a job title or LinkedIn. So you really have to get to know someone and have conversations with them and, you know, and get them to open out about what they want with regards to seeking a new relationship and, and things like that. And um, because I knew her quite well, I, I've come across other people who I can see that their behaviour would be considered to be cougarism. And I've asked them questions about what they're doing. And they're all within that age, 40s and 50s. And from what I can tell, it's more on a psychological level rather than a direct biological animalistic urge to have a younger man. It's just about being desired, which I would imagine is more on a mental, emotional level. And it's about no longer feeling that they're not needed. Um... So yeah, so based on, it's just feeling young again, it's feeling desired, it's feeling sexy, it's, it's feeling wanted, and it's about having, I suppose, for some women, that superpower, because to be honest with you, some women, their superpower is their looks, and if they're, if mother nature has blessed them to look naturally attractive, and then with a touch of nurture, they've been able to maintain their attractiveness, then that's helped them in different situations probably for most of their teenage life and their adult life. And then you all of a sudden hit the age of menopause and an attractive older woman doesn't necessarily work in all aspects of life. So an attractive woman is attractive, but younger men or even older men and women don't necessarily interact with an attractive older woman as they would do with a 25 year old attractive. So there is a different, so I can imagine for some women, not having, not being able to attract the attention opportunities that they once did based on how they looked, that's a major loss. And some women would, their value, their value themselves would dramatically drop. And you do hear about some women struggling with ageing. And I would imagine that a loss of looks, a loss of desire, or people desiring them would definitely have an impact on them. So, <laughs> Based on my research, menopausal cougars is more of a psychological thing. I'm sure they enjoy being physically desired, but the women that I that I spoke to, they just talked about the emotional side. Oh, it's great being wanted. It's great being in control. It's great calling all the shots. Um, it's great not having to serve a man. <laughs> so it's quite empowering for some women but yeah I just thought it was quite interesting that the ages of um of cougarism most of it overlaps with the you know 40s and 50s of menopausal women so but you know technically they shouldn't match because according to biological facts we have low we have low libido so why are there predatorial menopausal women seeking younger men (laughs) so I thought that was kind of interesting to bring cougars and panthers into the conversation also another topic I'm going to bring up that cougars sometimes come about I think and definitely in relation to my friend I mentioned earlier when people separate in their 40s and 50s and 60s and they want to pursue a new relationship and they pursue a relationship with a younger male And I've noticed that, well, I found some stats that actually women are more likely to initiate divorce 
between the ages of 40, 50, and 60, menopausal years, again. And I thought, is there a relationship going on here? Divorce rates, or women initiating divorce in the 40s, 50s, and 60s is dramatically um, a lot higher than men pursuing divorce. And then cougars um, actively pursuing younger men but also this overlaps with the menopause. Is there something going on here? <laughs> As I've said, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist or whatever, but it's just something I've noticed that in our midlife, the balances change, don't they? So we talk about low libido, but at the same time within that area, we do have, there are massive, I know loads of women who um, like younger men, I'll be honest with you. So, um, but they wouldn't have thought about that, um, say 10 or 20 years ago. And, I know I'm, I'm hit the stage. I know loads of people who have had to start again. Their relationships have ended. And I know women who have entered the empty nest syndrome and their relationships aren't cutting it. So there's something that I think somehow there's an overlap with men- menopause, with libido and midlife. There's stuff going on in our 40s and 50s and 60s around these things. And the last thing I'm going to cover today, and that's menopause in a different country what i'm trying to do at the moment it's quite hard to do to be honest with you is to do research around menopause in relation to africa and the caribbean so um, it's quite hard because menopause generally is something that is talked about in the western world and within caucasian environments so most of the research that's been done has been done on people who are not of color and um and just within the Western world and within Caucasian, it's actually talked about a lot more than within brown and black communities. So um, I did some research on libido in um, Africa. I couldn't find anything, to be honest with you, in, Ca- in the Caribbean, but I did some research and I came up with some information. I will include a link in the menopause, just in the description, my podcast description. So some research has been carried out in Africa and looking at menopause in relation to women in Africa. Now the report was done, I think it was done about 20 years ago. So I'm sure things have changed and things have evolved and some of the information I provide might be outdated for some women today. So I'll first put that out there. But the research um, has been done and it found out that in many African cultures, sex is only done in marriage and sex is only done to create children. And therefore, well, I think that's in relation to women. I'm sure African men have sex for other reasons other than having children. But in relation to women, women should only have sex as part of having children. Once a woman has gone through the menopause or, or, or you know, she no longer can have children, she she has dramatically less value in society um and i found this quite shocking really it's definitely misogyny that um there was a belief it didn't say which part of africa um but there was a belief that semen is washed out of a woman when she has a menstrual menstrual cycle so every time she has a period that washes out the semen there and when you have menopause there is nothing to wash out the semen so once so you should basically say you shouldn't a woman shouldn't have sex when she could have a baby if she has sex and is not having a period then what will happen is her stomach will grow and she will die 
that's a belief that was put out there or you know discovered as part of this research but it didn't say if it affects a certain part of africa it didn't say if it affects a particular tribe or anything like that or region it just highlighted um it just mentioned that this was a belief and also it highlighted that in some relationships once a woman has become menopausal it can have a dramatic impact on the relationship because then men are allowed to marry another woman and the menopausal woman sometimes is moved out of the bedroom i just thought wow can you imagine that so not only do you have no value if you can't have a child there's a even if you do have kind of cougarism in your desires to have an emotional physical connection with somebody there's a belief out there that you would die because of you you would die if you do that and one day your husband your husband can bring home a younger woman so that he can have children with and you move out of the bedroom (laughs) so I'll, i'll attach the link for that report that i found and as i said it was made about 20 years ago so i'm sure that things have changed or for younger generations i'm sure things have changed hopefully things crossed and i couldn't quite clearly see where it was referring to and that was just one report but i thought it was something interesting to um, highlight how menopause can have an impact on women and on their relationships in a different cultural setting so women are clearly devalued women are sexualized really we're here we're baby machines and women are disposable if they can't have a baby well that's quite sad so that's the end of my show today i hope you have enjoyed it please follow and like um my social media and also wherever you hear your podcasts please subscribe and follow the podcast to hear more fabulous shows from black minerals and beyond it's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.